Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. The man who teaches magazine writing gave me a paper back with clever as hell written on it. So I presume I'm doing all right in his class. Flannery O'Connor, Dear Regina. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, I'm discussing back-to-school book flights with bookshelf floor manager Olivia Schaefer and bookseller Kendall Stone. If you're looking for other titles to add to your TBR list this fall, consider joining us for our seasonal literary first look. At noon on September 13th, The Bookshelf is hosting a webinar on Zoom, where I'll reveal my and Bookshelf staffers' favorite newly released titles for the autumn season. We'll cover literary fiction, mysteries, rom-coms, and memoirs and nonfiction, all in service to ensure you've got just what you need to make your library hold requests and indie bookstore pre-orders. Tickets are $15 and include access to the live event, as well as the recording, a PDF of our favorite titles, and a discount code in case you want to purchase your books directly from the bookshelf. Go to bookshelfthomasville.com or click the link in our show notes to snag your ticket. Now, back to the show. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. There's a new voice on From the Front Porch. Hi, Kendall. Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm so excited. Woo! We really thought, who better than a person not going back to school? Because you, for the first time, are not going back to school this fall. How does that make you feel? A very, very strange feeling. <laughs> Walked into Target, looked at the back to school section, felt a little hole in my heart. Um, but, you know, with change, there's good, too, I guess. <laughs> And you can live vicariously through your friends and you can just read campus novels. You know, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome back, Olivia. We last did this, gosh, it feels like a year ago, but apparently a couple months ago, we talked about beach reads. And now here we are talking back to school titles. (laughs) Are you ready? I forgot about beach reads. I'm not going (laughs) to lie to you. (laughs) Well, I sent that episode to Kendall just like, you know, if she wanted to get a vibe of how these go. And I thought I was going to have to go deep in the archives. And then I thought, I realized, oh, no, we did one of these literally, I think, two or three months ago. So that's right. And I think we even tried to get Kindle on that one. But then yet again, we scheduled it for when you were away. Yeah, I felt really bad about that one. (laughs) We literally did this time, too. We're recording at a really unusual time for us. because, Because at the last minute, I looked at my calendar and I was like, uh, we're recording on Wednesday and Kindle is not here. Kindle is moving. Kindle <laughs> <laughs> out of state. Yeah. Kindle I will be, be in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Kindle, but don't don't panic, listeners. She's still here in Thomasville. She's one of our booksellers. She's a former, she's an FSU grad, former student, and now here she is working as a bookseller at the bookshelf. So we're here to talk book flights. We're going to do this like we do our new release roundup episodes. So if you are new to the concept of book flights, which I'm sure you're not, but if you are, these are bookish pairings where books have a common theme. Obviously, the theme for our book flights today is going to be kind of back to school. 
I hesitate to even say autumnal. It's really just things that give off school vibes. And I think all three of us really do love campus books and campus novels. Did you guys like school? Were you big school people? Yeah. Oh, I love school. Yeah. I miss not being in school. Yeah, I liked school. A friend of mine just casually announced she was going back to school this fall. And I... I am very sorry to say that my gut response was jealousy. Like, I really was irritated. <laughs> like, of course, you get to go back to school and I've got to do this. <laughs> well, and what I think I miss probably the most is like back to school shopping and then yeah. like organizing like your folders with your notebooks, with your binders so that it's all coordinating. And like, did you guys get those binders where you could like put the slide in? And yes. so like, oh, yeah, yeah. I would do like artwork for it and then yeah, like, yeah. put it behind there so it looked really nice and down the side too. It was so yeah. organized. Yeah. I liked writing in my agenda. Oh, I still, I mean, I still love yeah. my planner. Still write yeah. my planner. <laughs> and I loved a collage for those binders. I think I would like to do collage again. Should I just, should I just <laughs> decoupage something? <laughs> Why not? You know, scrapbooking. Man, I got out this uh, very quickly. I did get out my college scrapbook the other day because Jordan and I were trying to remember, I think, the name of somebody we went to college with or something. And I pulled out my scrapbook and I was like, man, this makes me feel old. Not just like the pictures, but just the scrapbook itself. Like, who does that anymore? Like, like with all the cutesy stickers and stuff. I'm shocked you did one for college. Yeah, I I did it after I graduated. I had one for high school for sure, but my high school one is massive. It's huge and it is hilarious. But man, I loved scrapbooking there for a hot minute. I'm somehow not shocked at all. Somehow <laughs> <laughs> shocked. I'm like, that's so Annie B. Jones to just make a scrapbook for college or high school. Yet I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, it, there's a part of my personality that that's like a little too cutesy for, but yeah. there's another part of my personality that just, that was like the most crafting I could do. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like yeah. crafting yeah. involving paper was what I was capable of. Scrapbooking stresses me out because I feel like you need a plan to go into it. I can't just like wing it, something like that. Yeah, And so I just, that's too much. Your scrapbook would probably be different from mine because mine, the my college one, there's like a page of like exploring Montgomery, like Montgomery, Alabama, where there was just that brawl at the Riverwalk. If you guys watch the national news, that's where, that's where I went to school. And I loved that like I had written down all these historical sites that like, of course, no one wanted to go to but me and Jordan. Jordan would tag along with me. And then I wrote down my favorite restaurants, Roly Poly, the lunch place, which was like just sandwich. It's a chain sandwich shop. And then like Chappie's Deli, I kept their menu. And I was like, what in the world? So it's just like a menu from Roly Poly and Chappie's Deli in Montgomery. <laughs> Once wow. a sandwich girl, always a sandwich girl. <laughs> yes. Jordan, Jordan was like, wow, on brand from day one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty, yeah. yep. <laughs> pretty accurate. Okay, so I'll kick us off. Each of these book flights has three books. At the end of the episode, we'll tell you how you can buy these book flights if you also want to get in the mood for back to school. And reading is the best way you can do that rather than, you know, take out a student loan or something and go, <laughs> and go get your master's <laughs> don't degree. Do <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that, guys. Just, just read books instead. So here's the deal with my book flight. My book flight is... A little dark, not dark like mystery thriller. 
let me just get into it. The first book in my book flight is Stealing by Margaret Verbal. And I really thought about this. I wanted to highlight it here for a couple of reasons. First of all, I read this book late last year, even though it released this February. And it was a February shelf subscription pick of mine, I believe February. But I still feel like this book has not really gotten the buzz that I think it deserves. And I do think it qualifies as a campus novel, although it is a brutal one. So if you're not familiar, if this is maybe your first time hearing me talk about this book, this is about a young woman named Kit, Kit Crockett, which is a fantastic protagonist name. And Kit is a young girl. Her narration of this book definitely reminds me of Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird. She's a very memorable, spunky protagonist. And she narrates the book. She is the daughter of a, oh gosh, I think it's a white woman and a Cherokee man, but I might have that backwards. It might've been a Cherokee woman and a white man. Regardless, she is a member of the Cherokee nation. Her mother has died. And so she's being raised by her dad. And I love the little glimpses. This takes place in the fifties, like the library, uh, like the bookmobile comes to her area and she falls in love with reading. And then slowly people kind of realize, I think the government realizes that Kit is alone and she's kind of being raised by a single parent. And so she winds up getting taken, kidnapped really from her home with her father. And she winds up at a Christian boarding school that of course tries to indoctrinate her and take away aspects of her Cherokee heritage. All of that There's no denying that all of that is brutal. Uh, In many ways, Stealing reminds me of The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Certainly, it has this kind of ripped from the headlines feel. We've seen a lot of stories like this come out in recent years, particularly out of Canada, but also out of America. And what I really liked about it was it could have felt exploitative, but instead, you just really fall in love with Kit's story, and it really allows you to have empathy and understanding for what indigenous peoples endured at the hands of white people and and often at the hands of Christian people. And so although this is a rather dark look at the campus novel, I do think it qualifies because of the campus setting and Kit quickly learning that although school is something she always kind of longed for and loved, she's a learner, she's a reader, this is not the campus for her. And you realize that you are rooting for Kit. You desperately want Kit to get out and to get to become fully herself. So I really love this book. I also love that it's pretty thin. The author, Margaret Verbal, is a former, I believe, Pulitzer winner or Pulitzer finalist. And she just tells a really complete, pretty epic story in in just a few pages. So that is Stealing by Margaret Verbal. That one sounds great, but also like it might break me like Nickel Boys did. (laughs) Yes, that is a valid concern. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my first book is a book Andy and I both read way back when, Property of the Rebel Librarian by Alison Barnes. So good. Still timely. I think this came out in 2018. (laughs) Gosh, did it really? (laughs) Yeah, very timely, which is why I had to add it into my middle grade back to school bundle because I feel like middle grade were probably some of the worst years for everybody in school, maybe high school. I don't know. They were rough for me. But it's also like when you think about back to school in my head, other than like a campus college setting, it's middle grade. No, not for anyone else. 
<laughs> I would say high school, but maybe that's yeah. just the books I read. Okay. I don't. <laughs> yeah, not not all of us want to go back to middle school. High no. school, I like to read about. Middle school, not so much. Well, I think it was. I went to a non traditional high school, so my normal oh. school experience was middle school. Okay, that that makes, makes sense. maybe that makes that's sense. where I'm at. Anyway. Property of a Rebel Librarian is about this girl, June Harper. And June Harper takes this book home that's about witches. And her parents find it. She got it from her school library. Her and her librarian are like pretty tight. And her parents find out and they're appalled that she brought this book home, that it was even authored in her library. So much so that they take it away from June. I think they even like Sharpie out words in the book, if I'm remembering correctly. And then they bring it to the principal who then brings it to the librarian and it starts a chain reaction where the librarian ends up getting fired and the PTA decides what books are allowed in their school library. And all the kids are pretty upset about this. So June being an avid reader and very close to the librarian and now pretty upset finds an empty locker and she like gets the idea to do a little free library, but with all of the banned books from their school. And so she starts this like covert counterfeit book operation in the school, <laughs> not counterfeit, but like contraband. <laughs> yes. She's like a drug dealer, but for books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The best kind of drug dealer. <laughs> but it turns out like she obviously gets caught. The local news does like a huge report on her. And at the very end of the book, June does this like epic speech in front of like every like the school board all of the PTA there's news listening and it's just about like you can ban the books but we'll still find a way to read them and the only person who did harm in this situation was you guys by banning books and not us by reading them but it was it was so good it's one of those books where you're just like pick up on a whim and then you're like full into it you just rooting for June the whole way it's so good. I hope all of our I hope all of our Florida friends are listening. <laughs> and yeah. I, I say that as a as a born and raised Floridian, but man, teachers and librarians there I think are having a hard time. I hope they can stock this book. <laughs> and may we all raise a June Harper. <laughs> yes. Amen. So my the three books I picked are all YA, which I don't exclusively read YA, but I think when I think of campus books or back to school I think a lot of just like high school drama or I found it really hard to read during the school year because I would be so busy and these books are so light and easy to pick up and read that you know they kind of just were fun in that way so the first book I picked was called What Happens After Midnight by K.L. Walther so this book is like a YA romance and it's about our main character Lily Hopper she has two weeks left before she graduates from Ames a private boarding school she's been attending basically her whole life with her mom being a teacher at the school, she has a very big goody two-shoes persona. Um, she doesn't like to get into trouble. She's very, um, you know, by the books. Though when the annual jester prank um, takes place by one anonymous senior, she gets roped in to joining the jester to complete the biggest prank of the year. Well, come to find out, the jester is actually her ex-boyfriend, Taggart. 
So we get to watch these two and their group of friends kind of run around campus late at night and try and pull off this huge senior prank and also kind of get this little second chance romance between these two main characters. Uh, yeah, it's really sweet. Um, and this is the same girl that wrote um, Summer of a Broken Rules. Oh, that's why it sounded familiar. Yeah, I, I really I really like Summer of Broken Rules. So um, yeah, I really wanted to read this one and it definitely, it was, it was good vibes. It was really fun. <laughs> That author loves a prank because Summer of Broken Rules is they're all playing assassin, I think. Yeah. So this is a this is a theme for her. Playing assassin? Do you know what assassin is? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay, it's a game. Yes, yes and of all people, I would think Olivia would know what assassin is and yeah. play it regularly. And probably win. <laughs> yes, for sure. Most likely to win assassin would definitely be Olivia. Yeah. I mean, I'm flattered, but I wish I knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, you should look that up, Olivia. I think you I think it. you and Walt should could team assassin and probably beat whoever you were playing for sure yeah agreed <laughs> bookshelf assassin yeah oh yeah maybe. i think kila would get so nervous she might die first <laughs> <laughs> i might have to read that book because i did like kale wather's other book and it's very summery and so it sounds like this one is kind of the back to school vibe we're going for yeah it's, it's fun my next one is a book that I've talked about a lot this summer, especially. It's Dear Regina by Flannery O'Connor. This is a collection of letters that Flannery wrote her mom back when she had graduated from, I think it was the Georgia State College for Women in Milledgeville, Georgia. And then she moved to Iowa to attend the Writers College. And this is the classic fish out of water story where this deeply Southern young woman moves to Iowa and has to adjust to living with other people who aren't her family. I mean, it's very, if you lived off campus, which I think all of us did, like if you lived in dorms or lived in apartments in college, so much of this story will be familiar. Like it's it's writing home to your mom and realizing, oh my gosh, you don't have enough winter clothes or, ew, the girls next door don't close the door when they go to the bathroom. Like it is very funny. If, if you attended a college and you lived off campus or you lived in an apartment, even though Flannery O'Connor is an amazing writer, becomes a, an amazing short storyteller, all of this will feel very relatable to you. The letters are laugh out loud funny. I cannot believe, I mean, this is definitely of a time, but I cannot believe that Flannery O'Connor basically wrote her mother a letter every day. And so, and they were like, some of them were short. These aren't necessarily long. It's like paragraphs, you know, a paragraph or two. She called her mother by her first name. So that's why the book is called Dear Regina. So <laughs> Dear Regina. And I definitely, if you all get a chance, you have got to go YouTube Flannery O'Connor reading one of her short stories because frequently in this book, she will write home to her mom and she'll say, she's at this writer's college. And when it's time for sharing her work with the group, her professors have to read her work aloud for her because no one can understand her Southern accent. And I was like, I wonder if you can hear Flannery O'Connor's voice anywhere. You can. She did readings. And so you can hear her voice. On There's some YouTube videos you can check out. Y'all, if you think I have a Southern accent, which I think I do, but a very slight one, Please, it is nothing. It is nothing compared. <laughs> I mean, even Jordan Jones' accent is nothing compared to Flannery O'Connor's deep South Georgia, Georgia accent. 
and you can totally see why professors may have had to read her work for her. I think there's also a real lightheartedness to this book because Flannery left the Iowa Writers College after graduating and fully intended to live a life in New York City as a writer. And instead, she was diagnosed with lupus and she had to move back home to Milledgeville, which was never her plan. And so she lived back home with her mother and that's where she lived until her death in her early 30s. And so there's a real bittersweetness to reading this, knowing what we know, but it's very lighthearted, fun. There's a whole series of letters that scholars call the mayonnaise letters because she's trying to tell her mom that mayonnaise is not the same in Iowa. And can her (laughs) mom please mail her some mayonnaise? (laughs) And it is so, it is so wonderful. And so anyway, highly recommend Dear Regina by Flannery O'Connor. What's great is I lived with my best friend for two years offsite campus, actually post-college, but I had my cat Mufasa at the time and I know my friend must have texted and called her mom about me because I tried to potty train Mufasa to use the toilet and it did not go well. He pooped on the floor every single oh day. How does that you were that roommate. <laughs> I was that girl. Somebody <laughs> definitely me, wrote home. <laughs> In any case, staying positive. My next book is Absolutely Positively Natty by Lisa Greenwald. I listened to this book with an AI narrator who's so bad, overpronounced every H. So like Natty would be like, yeah, go team. And it would be like, yeah, go team. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. (laughs) It was so bad. Also, it never knew when to put like inflections in. Right. Robots can't rule the world. And so it would just like add it sometimes and you're just like, what's going on? That's not going to work. Yeah, no. No. (laughs) But despite all of that, I fell in love with this book. It's about this girl, Natty, who moves with her father back home to his parents' house. So she goes back to living in her grandparents' house. She's like sleeping in a futon in their attic. And it's like her mom needed a break from the family. And so everyone's kind of worried about Natty. They're they're just constantly being like, are you okay? Like, I know this is rough. And Natty is a super positive kid and just thinks like, if I have a good attitude about this, I can change what's happening, which can be a really great outlook until that's your only outlook, which is what happens to Natty. So Natty goes to this small town school. She's the new girl. This does not phase Natty at all whatsoever. And she decides she's going to start a pep squad, but she ropes in this group of emo kids who like got detention or something for like writing on the walls. And so she was just like, well, I'll get you out of detention if you join my pep squad. (laughs) (laughs) So they join her pep squad and they start going to like all of the school games and the emo kids at first are like, this isn't cool. And then they get into it. And I think like the group of theater kids gets roped in and you just, love Natty so much because she stays so positive through everything until it it starts to harm her friends too because she looks at their problems and is just like it'll be okay if you just stay positive and finally they kind of sit her down and they're like Natty it's actually not okay but that's okay so it's okay to be in your feelings a little bit and it takes Natty a moment to like kind of realize this but of course she she turns it all around in the end. And it's just one of those stories where like, I feel like a lot of the times you have this protagonist who's going through stuff and they're really negative about it and they don't know how to turn it around. And then you have Natty who like 
there isn't an ounce of negativity in her body. And it's just so perfect. What a great book for back to school, like for kids trying to adjust and trying to have a positive attitude about going back to school. Yeah, exactly. She goes through some struggles, but she's always okay, even when she's not. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. So my second book is actually a debut novel. came out in 2020. So I just wish it didn't come out in 2020 because I honestly feel like this author might have blown up a little bit more, but that's okay. It's called They Wish They Were Us by Jessica Goodman. It's a YA murder mystery, which is always super fun. So this one um, is about a girl called Jill Newman and her best friend Shayla. Freshman year, they start out at um, Gold Coast Prep as a preparatory school. And they end up getting invited into a secret socialite society at their school called the Players. Players are like the most popular clique. They get the best grades. You know, they, they're they just the it, the it kids. Um, <laughs> but after a tragic night that summer, the summer between freshman and sophomore year, um, Shayla actually ends up getting murdered by her boyfriend, Graham. He confesses, case closed mystery over. Uh, Jill moves on, you know, and the book actually takes place senior year where Jill is now a player and she is in the clique. She's kind of running the players and someone anonymously texts her and is like, Graham is innocent and here's my evidence. So now um, Jill is faced with her reputation, her friends, and also this thing that's kind of haunting her from her past and her trying to figure out what she should do. Um, and she she decides that she's going to try and figure out what actually happened to Shayla. Who really hurt her? I just remember it being super good. I feel like our our store really loves like rich people behaving badly. Yeah, we do. Um, and I feel like this is very much this is very much rich kids yeah. behaving behaving really badly. Um, so yeah, very big teen drama. If you guys like Gossip Girl or Pretty Little Liars ever, I feel like this would be right up your street. <laughs> I need to read this. It sounds like I feel like there is such good teen murder mysteries out nowadays. Yeah, it needs to be its own genre. It really should be. I, I feel like this this one really hit the mark pretty well. Last summer, maybe, I read a really good adult book. Mm, I can picture it. it. Olivia, it was by that author who wrote, was it Creatures that you and I read? Social Creatures. Social Creatures. Oh, what was that? The World Cannot Give. Thank you. The World Cannot Give. That was it. And I loved it because, again, I'm a sucker for like, Boarding school, prep school, I think the moment Kindle said secret society, like Olivia's head turned, like, like, like wait, what? I do love a secret society. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, that sounds, I may have to read the Jessica Goodman book. And I want to support an author who published their book in 2020 because man, what awful timing that is no fault of their own. Okay, my next book, my last book is The Book of Goose by Yu Yun Lee. And Part of the reason I wanted to include this one is, of course, it was one of my favorite novels of, oh my gosh, what year is this? 2022. It came out last fall and I loved it. I thought it was a perfect fall novel. The book is about Fabian and Agnes, who are two young girls living in the French countryside. And gosh, I'm trying to remember around what year, but it actually feels around the same time as Stealing and Dear Regina, where it's, I believe, maybe the early 1900s maybe 1940s, 1950s. I believe it's around sometime around World War II, so maybe 1940s. Anyway, Fabian and Agnes are dear friends. Fabian is the brave one. She's the adventurous one, the spunky one. And she and Agnes love to tell stories, kind of creepy stories, about their small French town. And eventually, Fabian decides that together they should publish 
this book. Like they should publish a book of the stories that they've written. And even though the stories are mostly Fabienne's creation, she insists that Agnes write it because Agnes is the better writer. And so the girls wind up actually publishing this book, but under Agnes's name. And so Fabienne doesn't get any of the credit. And you immediately see now how their two very similar lives and paths immediately begin to diverge because Agnes becomes this like famous ingenue, like young wonderkind who is this amazing writer, but Fabienne remains just Fabienne. And what I think people forget about this book or what people may not know about this book is that then Agnes winds up because of her success as an author, she winds up getting to go to boarding school in England. So probably the middle third of this book takes place in an English boarding school. And you deal, much like Dear Regina, you deal with Agnes's homesickness and her guilt that Fabian is not with her. And so she and Fabian begin to exchange letters. And it's just a really, again, just a really beautiful story about a girl who is forced out of the place that she loves. Interestingly, she really loves her small town, even though Fabienne doesn't really seem to, but but Agnes is the one who gets to leave and kind of the toll that that takes and how Agnes's life is, is forever changed, but also now filled with guilt because of Fabienne not joining her on this adventure. I loved this book. It is beautifully written, perfect for fans of My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. And more of it takes place in a campus setting than you might think. And it's a great, cozy fall story. You'll just kind of get enmeshed in that world. So that is The Book of Goose by Yu Yun Lee. Did you see they were doing a graphic novel of My Brilliant Friend? Oh, I thought you were going to say of Book of Goose. I did not see that. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is it being published this year? Yeah, it is. I ordered it for the store. Oh, good. I would love to see what that winds up looking like. Um, What an interesting, we're seeing this more where adult novels are becoming graphic novels. Yeah. And that one feels like borderline classics at this point. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Who's to say? Hey, do you remember when the uh, book eaters beat the Book of Goose in March Madness? Uh, yeah, you want to know, (laughs) you want to know what I love is that Jordan stopped listening to that book. He stopped listening (gasps) to that book. Jordan! The audience gasps. (laughs) (laughs) I still want him to do a follow-up because I want him, I think it ultimately came down to Crane Wipe and the Book Eaters. But I asked Jordan the other day, I said, hey, did you ever finish Book Eaters? And he was like, oh yeah, I stopped listening to that. (laughs) Wow. So, (laughs) shots fired. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Ouch. Anyways. (laughs) My last book is called Rewind by Lisa Graff. I recently talked about this on the new release podcast and I'm putting it in the back to school bundle because Annie reminded me of it this morning (laughs) and I had a really sad book in its place, which is a really good (laughs) still, The Labors of Hercules Beale, but this one is definitely way more fun. (laughs) I just, I asked Olivia, I was like, oh my gosh, you put Rewind in your book bundle, right? Or in your book flight, right? And she looked at me and she was like, I didn't. (laughs) I'm disappointed. (laughs) And then I recapped all four books to Esme and I made her choose. <laughs> so you also have Esme to thank for this book bundle. <laughs> That's really how we make decisions here at the bookshelf. We just ultimately like, Esme, let me tell you about these. Esme, what should I do? <laughs> she, she's a very reasonable person. She's good at her job. Yeah, she is. 
Okay, so this is about a little girl, not little, she's in middle school, a girl named McKinley O'Dare. And at her school every year, they do this big function called the time hop. And the time hop is where they pick a decade and they celebrate that decade with like a play and just like a whole festival. It's a big thing. It sounds really fun. I wish my school had done it. This year, they chose the 90s, which womp womp, everyone, that's apparently a decade you can choose for a time hop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. So McKinley is pretty excited. Like, she is into fashion. Her and her her grandmother taught her how to sew. And so she's kind of just like run with that. And now she's putting on a whole w- runway show at the time hop. Like, this girl made like jean jackets, like bedazzled them. She made parachute pants. Nice. Like went full out 90s it was it sounded amazing and she was super excited about it and then her dad had to sadly tell her that she couldn't go to the time hop because he had to work that day last minute and her grandmother who had a stroke years and years ago before mckinley was born she like is on a very strict schedule with her medication and what she needs and now mckinley has to stay home and kind of take care of her grandmother mckinley is obviously very upset about this and then in turn sneaks her grandmother into the time hop with her so she can do this fashion show and so she's like in the middle of the fashion show like on stage at the fashion show and her dad just opens the auditorium door and shouts her name oh my gosh <laughs> and she's mortified so she runs yeah <laughs> She runs into the nearest girl's bathroom and when she finally like calms down and pulls herself together, she comes out and realizes she has now literally time traveled to the 90s. But what's great about this is now she gets to see her dad as a kid and she gets to see her best friend's mom and her best friend's dad also as children. So she like befriends her best friend's mom. They like adorable do all these like fun things like they go to the arcade and play Donkey Kong. There's like a lot of like Jurassic Park references. They eat sour punch so straws. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so fun. And she learns a lot about her dad, about how he started as a as a pretty big bully. Like one of those misunderstood bullies. Mm-hmm. But she gets to meet her grandmother pre-stroke and like has a lot of meaningful connections with her dad and her grandmother in that way. And there's also this teacher who time hopped himself one year. And he's he's known as like the villain teacher. And so he just chases her down because he thinks she's going to like break the continuum of time space. <laughs> like, you know, like butterfly ripples and like it's not going to be good. <laughs> and he wants her just to like camp out in his garage so that she doesn't mess anything up. So he's like one of those characters that's just like always around the corner, just like McKinley. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was great. Full of 90s references. I feel like so many people could enjoy this book just for the references alone. Uh, but yeah. McKinley is a really wonderful character. And it was just a lot of fun. It just sounds charming. Did you guys ever... So I always like to try and imagine if I would be friends with, like, the high school version of my parents when I was in high school. Have you guys ever thought about that? I just think that's no. a funny thing to think about. <laughs> I've never thought about that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I've thought about it because of Back to the Future. <laughs> Because that's the whole thing in Back to the Future is all of a sudden he's like, who's that beautiful woman? He's like, oh, crap, it's my mom. Like, And so I but I've not spent a ton of time on it because, to be honest, I don't think we would be. I don't think I'd be friends. I came to that conclusion. Do your parents listen to this? <laughs> I think my parents would be like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I, 
think I'd be acquaintances with them, but we didn't like, we didn't do the same activities in high school. Yeah. So I don't think we would have really crossed that much. Yeah. My dad was totally, shop dad was a jock. And I just don't think, I mean, I probably would have cheered for him on the basketball team or something, but like not as a cheerleader, that's for sure. Like, (laughs) 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 anyway. So my last book, it's actually, I feel like kind of similar to Olivia's book in a really strange way, but um, it's called Again But Better by Christine Riccio. I think that's how you say her last name. But I actually read this a few years ago. It came out in 2019, but it is just the most charming, underrated book that I really was excited to talk about on this podcast. So it's another YA romance, and it has this main character named Shane, and she is in college. She's lived the typical college life. She's on pre-med track. She gets good grades. She pleases her parents. You know, she is just doing everything that she thinks that she's supposed to do. But she kind of realizes that she wants to do something different and get out there a little bit. So she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend a semester studying abroad in London. And so we see Shane kind of go out of her comfort zone and move to London for the semester. And while she's over there, she like makes a list of things. She's like, I'm going to make friends. I'm going to like you know, go on adventures, different places. And, you know, maybe I'll even meet a boy. We kind of see Shane um, in this story uh, move to London and we see the way that she just kind of finds herself um, and also just does end up meeting a boy. Um, And we get to see that relationship also flourish in different ways. And it's a lot of like her looking at are the things that she really wanted what she wanted or is what she has over here in London actually what she wants? Um, and kind of trying to make that decision between those two things. And there's a huge plot twist in the middle, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there may be a little bit of magical realism in this one, which really made me so excited. It was it was one of those twists that I still think about. And also the really, the most fun thing is that this book is set in 2011, which <laughs> seems yeah. like a time period that a book like you're like, oh, set in 2011. But the references to like loss and just like pop culture at the time, like Taylor oh, Swift and God. YouTube and just all these like really cute, fun things. So I feel like if you were in high school or college at this time, like it would really resonate mm. with you even more. So that is Again But Better. Oh, that sounds delightful. I think, oh gosh, y'all, I think a few of these I would really like to read. <laughs> they, sound, they sound like they'd be fun. And since I was jealous of my friend going back to school this fall, maybe I just need to pick up some of these instead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just quickly recap each of our book flights. So my book flight is really great. I think too, if you like historical fiction and nonfiction, it includes Stealing by Margaret Verbal, Dear Regina by Flannery O'Connor, and The Book of Goose by Yu Yun Lee. My book flight is great if you love middle grade, or maybe if you just want to dip your toes in middle grade and see if you like it. I think these would be great starting points. It is Property of the Rebel Librarian by Allison Varnas, Absolutely Positively Natty by Lisa Greenwald, and Rewind by Lisa Graff. And then my bundle is more of a lighthearted YA picks. We have What Happens After Midnight by Kale Walther. We have They Wish They Were Us by Jessica Goodman. And lastly, Again But Better by Christine Riccio. So all of the book flights we've created are available for purchase on the website as are each individual book in case you're a DIY reader who wants to create their own flight. Just go to bookshelfthomasville.com and type 439 into the search bar. This week, I'm reading The Wedding People by Allison Espach. Olivia, what are you reading? I'm reading Thieves Gambit by Cavion Lewis. Kendall, what are you reading? I'm reading Magnolia Parks by Jessa Hastings. Mm-hmm. 
From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's podcast episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Cammie Tidwell, Chantal Carl, Kate O'Connell, Kristen May, Linda Lee Drost, Martha, Stacy Lau, Chanta Combs, Stephanie Dean, Ashley Farrell, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Susan Eulings. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and helps us reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see Write a Review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you and we look forward to meeting back here next week.